content warning, bodily harm, amputation, and panicked breathing. Moss Hollow, Episode 7, How to Ask. The book has the texture of tree bark, but softer. When I open it, it creaks. The pages are blank. I look to the woods again. Nothing is there. The clouds hang strangely low. The shadows rush along the hillside. Otherwise, it's sunny. My pack feels heavy, so I sit near the grass on dry soil. The meadow buzzes with life. Was that the underworld? It's not like Lacey would know, but it's the first time I look at her since I released the spider. She stares into the trees. Her face is washed out and tired, but her brows are furrowed like a permanent look of questioning and distrust. Lacey drops her bag to the ground and looks beyond the meadow. That's where... I trail off. That's where the horse was. At least we know it's avoidable, if we're careful. What if my instincts are right and Claire really is in that direction? Or worse, taken by the thing? I fake some confidence. If we follow the rules, everything will work out fine. The midwife and the librarian seem to say that if we follow the instructions and use the plants, we'll be safe from danger. We'll find Claire. Lacey pulls something from her backpack and chucks it onto my lap. Photographs. That's her, she says. Where did you get these? We should keep them with the book. Okay. Before I tuck them into the back, I take in the detail. Who is she? A pack horse librarian. They delivered books to children during the Depression. Looking closer, the photos look like they were taken a few years apart. But meeting her in person just now, she seemed ageless. How did she know we would be here? Hell if I know. The air is warm. It's a relief to have sun on my face. I have no idea where to begin. And based on what we just learned, we're missing some things. Um, I don't have the Angelica anymore. I don't have the corn anymore. My mouth drops open at the thought of her drinking it all. Oh my god, Anna, it was confiscated. Oh, sorry. Okay, well, should we take inventory? Inventory of what? What we have. She points to her worn-out backpack with an old quilt sticking out of the top. That's my inventory. Did you? I stopped home for a bit. And then you brought all your stuff to work? Yeah. Lacey, I don't want to push her, but I don't like that she's hiding something from me. The librarian said that we're both needed to see clearly. Was that just to see through the veil? Or does that mean we need to stick together? I don't know. Maybe both. Well, at least we're both prepared to set up camp tonight, right? Camp? Well, yeah. I mean, if we're looking for Claire, unless we find her today, we're going to need to stay overnight in the woods. Lacey rubs her palms along her forehead. Uh, what do you have? My quilt? My toothbrush? Random shit. Why? What do you have? Carefully setting the book down, I unzip some pockets in my pack. I have your sewing kit. I toss it to her. A tarp, some cord, fire starters and a lighter, a first aid kit. I run through some items off the top of my head. Anything from my bunk that would fit, it's in here. 
You have all this? I mean, most of it is mine, but some of it is borrowed from camp. Oh my god, did you steal goody two-shoes? No, I'm putting it back. Putting what back? Your used band-aids? No, like, the camera. I pull out the camp camera. It's really nice. I feel kind of stupid for bringing it because it's heavy. But it has a long-distance lens attachment, and I feel like it would be useful for, I don't know, keeping track of clues or even looking ahead to the next ridge if I'm off-trail. If we're off-trail. Shit, I only packed for one. Lacey has a lot, but none of it seems to be anything useful. It's not going to rain, so the blanket won't get wet. I guess we'll be okay for tonight at least. Something's not adding up. Were you coming back to help me? I don't know. Why? She casually takes the camera from my hands. She turns it on and finds her finger placement. We need to get out of the meadow. I don't want Matt to know I'm up here. Okay. I'll carry the camera if you carry the book. She lifts the camera strap over her head and swiftly grabs her backpack, sauntering into the woods. I'm zipping everything up, ready to follow behind. We should start by finding the other plants. I pick up the book and follow her through the trees. So, we're supposed to run around catching fucking Pokemon, and then we're supposed to fight the bad thing, and then we can get Claire back. She clicks a photo to test the camera. Fight? When did she say we're going to fight anything? Well, she said there was danger, so I'm assuming that's our scary friend we keep running into. I thought we just weren't supposed to go to the crossroads again. I run my hand along the cover of the book. There's a tingling sensation, like static electricity under my skin. Before I lose sight of the meadow, I turn back in the direction we came. Roots are spreading out of the soil where the mint had been. I hadn't noticed them before. Nothing is moving, though, so I keep walking. We walk for a few minutes into the trees and brush. I keep my awareness on guard and consistently check behind me. I don't know why. I've never done that on hikes in the past, but now I have a reason to be paranoid. I start thinking about the technical things. Splitting my ramen, how many miles we can cover. If we knew where we were going, we could just transport ourselves directly there. When we used our reflection in the car window, I just thought really hard about camp, and boom, there we were. But there has to be more to it than that. When we shift like that, or teleport, whatever you call it, do others know what we did? The librarian seemed to know that we were coming, and it seems like the thing that's after us knows where we are, and it's always one step behind. We have to figure out a way to get closer to Claire, but disguise our tracks. There's no radio around, so it can't track us that way. I didn't bring my inReach, so we can't make an SOS call if we need it. Okay, calm down. We're not going to need it. We have this book and my tarp. Shit. Okay, well, we're really not that far from town. Or from camp, for that matter. I'm so embarrassed. It's been almost two days, and I've made no progress. Every hour counts, and I've left camp three times now. It's almost as if something doesn't want me to leave. Hey, Lacey, where's your house from here? According to you, it's walkable, but it's like a day and a half that way. <sighs> Why? I'm not sure. I just know there's a connection between the gas station and camp. 
Or maybe just the woods. Are you trying to say we're stuck here forever? I mean, like a redneck Bermuda Triangle? I meant that when we use our reflections, we're only sent between these two places. Why should I be surprised? Nobody usually leaves here. Moss Hollow? Why, did you want to leave? She doesn't say anything to that. Lacey, what happened earlier? You were there, weren't you? Your car is more fucked up than mine now, so I guess we're even. She eats a Pop-Tart. No, before the gas station. You said you went home. Yeah, I picked up some things. We already covered that. And one of those things was milk? Oh, I wasn't expecting an attitude on you. No, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to have an attitude. It's just, we might be looking for these plants for a while, and like, we both had pretty traumatizing supernatural encounters, so I kind of thought that we wouldn't keep secrets from each other. I spilled some milk on myself. And? And I left to go to the gas station. Lacey. And I shot a man in Reno. (sighs) As we continue walking, I try to figure out whether or not Lacey hates me. She doesn't outright loathe me, but she also doesn't like me. Then again, I don't know if she's like this with everyone. I wish I could be more like her in some ways. She's kind of aloof and cool, but then she's as direct as the strike of a match. Like when she was talking to that cop. I'm sure she's gotten out of some scrapes before. My life is so boring, I've never had scrapes to get out of. This weird mission is maybe not a good baby's first. How is it one of the worst days of my life has turned into aimlessly traipsing through the woods with a crusty book and a girl who semi-hates me? I try to focus on the task by saying, We should try to find the Angelica first. I've seen it growing near here before. I'm not sure where we're going to find corn. We'll probably have to steal it. She looks at me. Very funny. There's a quick mart in town with a produce stand. I wouldn't call it magical corn, exactly. She wiggles her fingers in a fairy dust kind of way. But she didn't say it needed to be special. No, but what did she mean by imprints in the land? Lacey is silent. Also, we should try going northwest from here. That's sort of downhill, but away from the... The book has a pulse. Lacey stops, noticing my hesitation. I flip it open, and a blank page matches the pulse of the cover. It's faint, but I can feel it. In my mind's eye, I feel roots growing around us. My breath feels cool, and my arms are heavy. Beneath my feet, I feel the earth teeming. The roots, the worms, the movement of every tiny creature sends a pulse. Anna? My eyes close. I sense the roots pressing down, latching into the black soil, connecting to each other. My stress melts away. The cool dirt comforts me, even if it's in my imagination. Anna! (gasps) She grips my shoulders. We look down at the page. Lines and green fragments flicker to the surface. The roots are telling me something. There's a twist under our feet. Trees, saplings, brush, all send minute pulses through the earth and send them northeast. Tiny signals push around the stones and debris. 
drawing me uphill. <sighs> Do you feel that? She touches the book and swallows hard. Without a word, she turns her gaze in the same direction. We push our legs to carry us upward, using thick branches for leverage. We're hurrying now. It wants us to go this way. At an opening in the trees, we arrive at a small slope shaped by some rocks and bare trees. Wildflowers surge along the ridge, their roots warning us where not to step. I can see out across the rest of the hill, a huge, beautiful valley. The greens are so rich they look almost blue. Tiny sparks of yellow carry through the trees, small reminders that autumn is coming soon. This way, Lacey says. The stones are dotted with moss. The slope becomes narrower, so I reach out to steady myself. When I touch the moss, it shocks my fingertips like static and sends a buzzing through my hand. <laughs> the wind picks up. I don't really like being exposed like this, but I sense we're close. The roots are showing us the path. It's getting harder to sense them along the bare stone, though. It's easier with dirt. I want to get off the ridge. Breathe. Focus on the roots. Maybe if I focus on what the midwife showed us, we could get the moss to glow like last time. I wonder if the veil needs to be lifted for the moss to glow. Why can't it help us now? Running my hands along the rough green texture, I think of the midwife. I imagine it glowing. I feel the roots grow and snap beneath me. <laughs> Maybe we should have left our packs back at the edge of the ridge so we didn't feel like we were balancing up here. The moss is tingling. Not glowing exactly, but it emits a faint energy. Show us the Angelica. We round a narrow corner. The ridge plunges into shadow from clouds passing overhead. The moss is thrumming. I see it. It's pulling us toward a tall patch of Angelica a few yards away. How did the midwife make the moss glow? It felt so safe. This feels different, but I'm not sure why. Something moves out of the corner of my eye. I look across the valley. A shadow moves through the trees. It must be the clouds. We carefully step toward the small crop of Angelica. Large bumblebees swirl around the flowers, drunk with nectar and heavy with pollen. A gust of cold air blows past my shoulder. But the sun comes out, warming my face. So I ignore it almost there. <gasps> There's something. I can't tell. It's downhill from us. A darkness hovers between the trees and up the rocks. It moves steadily, like it takes effort to lift itself into vapor. What the hell is that? Around it, the moss browns and begins to singe and blacken. I grab Lacey and pull her behind an outcrop. <laughs> what do we do? What? It's here! Oh, fuck. Don't touch the moss. We hunch low and try to bury our feet into the remaining grass that surrounds us. It's so bare up here, there's nowhere to hide. Peering through a shrub, I see the darkness lift near the stones overlooking the ridge. There's a burning smell, so acrid I feel it cling to my hair. How do we get out of here? I don't feel the humming like I usually do. It's completely quiet. The birds have stopped calling, and there's no wind. We're blocked by a large boulder. Lacey, 
She raises an eyebrow. She's terrified. The blanket. She points to her blanket, confused. I nod, holding my breath. As stealthily as possible, she pulls it from the open zipper and hands it to me. I mime draping it over us, and she gives me a look like this won't possibly work. Without disturbing any dry brush, we carefully place it over our heads and tuck our feet in. I cover my nose and mouth against the smell of death. It's close. I hear a buzzing. The roots go dormant around me. I can't feel them anymore. We just have to wait it out. We'll wait for it to leave, grab the Angelica, and go. I should never have destroyed it. Shit! The Angelica is a protector. If we had just made it a few yards further, maybe we could have hidden close enough that it could help us. The buzzing becomes intense. My chest is tight, and my fingers are desperate to feel out for the roots again. A sudden, dark shadow looms over us. We can't see. It's above our blanket. I think I'm gonna die. Any green matter we're touching underneath burns away. The blanket begins to turn brown at the seams. I stifle a scream. Lacey and I are clutching each other, frozen with fear. The bees have joined it. The buzzing is deafening. They're swarming around us and layering the blanket. I wonder if I can use the mint to help us, but I'm scared the thing can sense when we're using the plants. It moves toward the Angelica. No, don't burn it, please. Lacey quickly unravels the camera strap from around her neck. What is she doing? She taps the top of the blanket by her heads, urging the bees to move. I grip her arm and stare her down. Don't take the blanket off. She shoves me off and whips the blanket over her head and bolts toward the Angelica. No! I pull the blanket off me and try to stumble after her. She's too fast. She's made it to the Angelica, but the darkness is still close. She rips the Angelica from the ground and the roots cry with pain. It's soundless. It's a cry that's felt through the ground and pierces my head and the nerves in my feet. Lacey, stop! Protect us! The burning gets closer, circling us. I can't see it. As she runs back to me, she stumbles behind the shrub. She screams, releasing the Angelica with a crushed stem and ripped roots. Lacey, my, my foot, I, oh my God, oh my God. It senses us now, the dark creature looming nearby. Where did it go? I can feel it. My eyes water from the burning smell. I, I can't. When I look down, Lacey's foot is missing. She tries to get up but stumbles backward. The bees are swarming aimlessly around us. Lacey, I try to carry her, but I can't get her off the ground. I'm not strong enough. I'm crying now, barely able to breathe. I try to pull the blanket over us again, but we're on top of it. It knows we're here. She grips the Angelica again, pleading with it. The roots surge, forcing themselves through the fabric, but nothing happens. Lacey sobs, cradling her leg. The bees are panicking. I feel the cold air that tells me it will kill us. Moss Hollow is written and performed by Melinda Beck. Original music by Kendall Winter. 
Mountain Foley by Melody Parrish. Stay tuned this Friday, October 13th, for a spooky bonus episode filled with Appalachian ghost stories. And Moss Hollow will resume next Tuesday as usual. See you then.